1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Karen Litsi, and today's episode is brought to you by Optima, a net health company. Optima Therapy for Outpatient is a software solution enabling therapists and staff to do their jobs efficiently and accurately. Their software provides anytime, anywhere access to documentation, even while disconnected, and workflows that streamline patient care and save valuable time. You can check out Optima's new on-demand video, to learn what's in store for outpatient therapy practices in 2020 with some of the biggest industry trends, along with tips and best practices to successfully navigate these changes. Learn more at GoOptimaHCS.com slash HealthyWealthy2020. Now, on to today's episode. So like I said last week with my interview with Joe Ranke, and if you missed it, definitely go back and listen to that, especially if you have any kind of student loan debt. But the first two weeks of this year... We're concentrating on financial fitness. Instead of our health fitness, we're talking about financial fitness. So today I'm really happy to have on Ryan Burklow. He's a financial planner, host of the podcast Holistic Finance, and co-owner of Quantified Financial Partners. He lives in Seattle, Washington with his wife and two kids. And after learning his son had a stroke while in utero, he became an avid volunteer for Pediatric Stroke Warriors. He learned much about the medical professions who cared for his son and truly enjoyed working with them both on a professional and personal level. Through his work as a financial planner, he works with medical practice owners to protect their practice, keep them financially efficient, and assist them with their eventual exit. His firm and his personal mission is to simplify finances so you can focus on what you enjoy most. So I thought, beginning of the year, let's bring Ryan on, let's talk about how to manage debt financing and make it work for you, what is tax-efficient cash flow planning, retirement options for small business owners and entrepreneurs, and the conversations you need to bring up with your financial advisor. So these are all really important things that if you are an entrepreneur, if you want to become an entrepreneur or small business owner... These are huge. Understanding your finances, understanding what your options are, how to plan for the future, how to plan for your eventual exit are all so, so, so important. So I want to thank Ryan for coming on and giving us a nice uh, overview and education on all of these issues. So everyone enjoy.
0: Hey, Ryan, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you on.
2: Thanks for having me. appreciate uh, appreciate the invite.
0: And and I should mention that you do work with a lot of medical practices.
2: Yeah, right. Um, that that's really a, a majority of our our focus is helping medical practices uh, on on the business side and and merging that with the personal side because eventually we all exit our practice in some way, shape, or form, um, and, and and it turns into the personal side. So you know the, the two are are married yet. Business owners tend to only focus, they focus more on the business side because you know that that's the fun side, that's what they do every day,
0: exactly. Exactly, and so it's great to have people like you guys to help guide us through that. Yes. And we hear debt a lot in the news, mainly on un- the focus is student loan debt, but there's all kinds of debt, right? And when you're a business owner, you may be in debt, you may not be in debt. But my question is. Can debt work for you? Can it be a good thing sometimes?
2: Yeah, I mean, the, the quick answer is absolutely yes. Um, you know, you brought up the, the the media and everything we're hearing in the news. And all, right now it's a lot of student loans. But, all, you know, oftentimes it's also, you know, just debt is bad is the mantra. And right. you should pay it off as fast as possible. And in some scenarios, um, that makes sense. In other scenarios, it doesn't, you know, it really depends on what kind of debt it is. You know, credit card debt for the most part isn't the best debt to have because it tends to be high interest rate, right? You're getting in the double digits, 16, 17, 20% or so. Um, but then there's other debts. Um, student loans can be one of them, um, you know, mortgages on real estate and, and other debts that, that are lower interest rates. And you have to look at it at, if I'm going to put a dollar towards that debt, if I put my dollar elsewhere, how would that act? How would that do differently? Mm -hmm. Right? So the the simple Mm -hmm. example of that is, you know, right now you can get a mortgage really, really inexpensive, you know, 3.8% or something like that on a 30 year mortgage. Mm -hmm. And so if your dollar can be put back into the business or put elsewhere, and beat 3.8 at a relatively low, low risk, well, then you'd be better off putting your dollar elsewhere. Because then you'd be making money on your money. So you're leveraging that debt, so your money can work harder. Whereas the credit card debt that I mentioned, you know, if it's at 20% interest rate, well, now you have to be 20%, that's a lot harder. And the risk is a lot higher. Uh, To put it another way, if you had a million dollars of cash, or million dollars sitting somewhere and you went to buy real estate and the real estate was worth a million dollars for you to put the whole thing down. The million dollars sitting, wherever it's sitting versus getting a debt and having to pay interest on that debt, you have to analyze what could that million dollars be doing for you. And if that million dollars could be doing something better than a 3.8% That we were just talking about Mm -hmm. why would you give the full million dollars to the bank then you have the flexibility between it all right Mm -hmm. even if you're maybe if you're just breaking even some people will get nervous about that too well again you've got a million dollars how much more can you do with other stuff in your business because you've got that Mm -hmm. rather than just giving it to the bank what type of flexibility do you possibly lose
0: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it.
2: So that's just a simple example that I like to use. And that's not to say that you shouldn't pay off some debts. It it does go by case by case, but you have to look at what your dollar could be doing elsewhere. And does that make more sense rather than only looking at it? Well, Ryan, I'm going to pay more interest over 30 years. That's hundred percent true. And what could that dollar the other dollars be doing over the next thirty years
0: so it you it could mean the difference between investing it into something that's going to give you a higher return or putting it to use elsewhere instead it could
2: of be hiring yeah. another doctor
0: right or another right.
2: physician that's going to grow revenue by x percent.
0: Mm-hmm, that might mm-hmm. be the
2: better solution
0: see this is why you know, my brain does not work this way. This is why I need someone to kind of break it down and explain it to me as if you were explaining it to like a fourth grader.
2: Yeah, well, my industry doesn't like to do that, but we like to confuse people. I try to make it as simple as possible because that annoys the crap out of me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate that. All right, so uh, how else can, so that's a great way that we can kind of make debt work for us. It, are there other ways, I guess, that you can make debt work for you? Any other easy, simple examples?
2: Again, it's just leveraging what you currently have. And so if you can get a loan, uh, you know, let's just say we have a, bit a widget maker, right? And the widget mm-hmm. maker uh, needs to buy a, a machine to make more widgets. hmm Okay. And they've got, they can go get a loan on it for X percent, or they can just buy it in full. Well, what makes the most sense for your business? How are you leveraging your money to make it work as hard as possible for you? Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: So it's a constant analysis of leveraging where the leverage is. Does it make more sense to, can can your money work harder outside of giving it to the bank?
0: hmm Got it. Yeah. So if you were to pay in full and you can make more widgets and sell more widgets and make more money, that might make more sense than making payments on that piece of equipment. Exactly. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much. Sorry yeah, for absolutely. being a little slow on the uptake there. No, you're um,
3: good.
0: Now, the other thing that, another thing that I really wanted to talk about is this idea of tax efficiency cash flow so in going through your website i saw this and i thought hmm this is really interesting to me because i don't know that i'm being as efficient as possible so can you explain what tax efficiency cash flow means under the lens of you know your small business owner
2: yeah so there's there's two sides of taxes right there's the taxes that you're going to pay now right Mm -hmm. where the the income that came in the door minus the deductions and everything that we can take as a business owner mm-hmm. what what's left over and what we're going to pay on taxes from that on the business side as well as from the income side and that's based on the the rules and laws that are in place this year 2019 then there's the tax side of what is I what am I going to get taxed on 15 years from now, 10 years from now, 30 years from now, depending on where my money and my assets are sitting.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's a, the that's a side that most people don't really consider because what they're, what they're only considered is, I want to pay as little money in taxes this year.
0: Yes, yes, right.
2: So, so the next question you have to ask yourself, okay, 10 years from now or five years from now or whatever time period that is, where do I think taxes are going to go? Now obviously we can't predict this. Oftentimes it depends on who's in office and what's mm-hmm. going on, going on in the economy, all that kind of fun stuff. But if you're of the opinion that taxes are going up, should you have a lot of money in assets where you have not paid taxes on them yet? No, no.
0: Yes. All right. I got it right.
2: Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> because you've deferred the tax. So essentially if, if taxes went up, now you're going to pay more in taxes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Conversely, if taxes go down, well then you wanted to defer the tax. And the problem is, is we don't know.
0: Right. So and so, it's and so much of, a, of this is, it's a gamble.
2: It's a balance is what I put it. So we talk okay. about financial balance quite a bit and it's because we don't want all of our eggs in one basket, right? We don't want all of our assets to be tax deferred because what happens if tax go up? Conversely, like I just said, if taxes go down, whereas if we have our assets in different buckets, now we can actually control what tax bracket we're in five, 10, 20, 30 years from now, Mm. just like kind of what we're doing right now in terms of lowering our tax bill this year.
0: And so when you're looking at balancing and not having all your eggs in one basket, where would those eggs be?
2: Yeah, so it depends on what, you, what you're building uh, in your medical practice or in your business.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, if, you're, if your plan is, you know, take a solo, pra- solo um, practice, you know, like one doc, and, you know, the chances of, of, of a one doc practice being able to sell it is not very high, especially mm-hmm. if, they're, if, they're requi- if they're the ones that bring in the money anyways. Right. You can't sell something if you're, the, if you're the person that you're trying to sell
0: right right right
2: <laughs> so oftentimes those type of practices they have to build side retirement accounts right these are your traditional iras your simple iras your standard retirement accounts and so you could be putting a bunch of money into those accounts where you deferred the taxes so that's one asset that we could be talking about it's also then conversely if you've got this the a multiple Pract um multiple doc practice we've had a couple partners and maybe it's an inside sale and you're actually transitioning one doc out well how do you consider the taxation of the business what's mm. the cost basis and then how are you going to sell it oftentimes an insider sale is what they call that oftentimes no one writes a lump sum check and says here you go doc you're gone <laughs> it's, it's normally, let me pay you in installments over the next 10 years.
0: I see. Okay.
2: So now you have more taxes going on there.
0: Oh, cause right? you, yeah. So you, if you're the doc that left the practice, you're paying taxes on that money that is coming to you in installments.
2: Correct. Uh-huh. And if you're the doc that bought them out to pay that doctor, you need the revenue of your practice to be doing a certain amount. So there's, there's taxations on both sides of that equation.
0: Right. Right. Oh my gosh. These are things <laughs> like I really thought you got bought out in one lump sum. That's why when you said that I started laughing, I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess installments does make more sense.
2: Yeah. I mean, do lump sum sales occur? Absolutely. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not what normally occurs or what normally occurs is here's a 10 year buyout plan.
0: That does actually make a lot more sense. I and mean, so
2: yeah. the, the steps that I have, uh, you know, my, our clients consider is, you know, which type of practice or which type of business are you, are you wanting to build for one? Are you building the, the business where you're it and essentially you're just gonna kind of run off into the sunset and the business kind of goes with you? Or are you trying to build a, a practice or a business that you can actually sell? And early on, it's kind of hard to know that. But as you're build, as you're growing, you start to picture or you start to build towards one of those. And once you know that, now you can get more efficient with your money and what's going on and where to put it, how to get after it, um, while taking into considerations. Obviously, we don't want to pay a lot of taxes right now. So how does this all come together in one cohesive plan? Mm-hmm. That's the conversations that people should be having with their advisors.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. No, this is great. Yeah. And, you know, you sort of mentioned the 401ks and setting up for retirements and, and things like that. And, you know, I think we're, like I said, we're going into a new year, we're going into 2020. And maybe there are some listeners out there who are newer practice owners, mm-hmm. or perhaps they have not, about their own retirement at the moment because they're building up their business, but can we talk a little bit about how one goes about setting up a retirement plan? Um, Again, under that lens of a small business.
1: And On that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and be right back with Ryan's Answers. This episode is brought to you by Optima, a net health company. Optima Therapy for Outpatient is a software solution enabling therapists and staff to do their jobs efficiently and accurately. Their software provides anytime, anywhere access to documentation, even while disconnected, and workflows that streamline patient care and save valuable time. You can check out Optima's new on-demand video to learn what's in store for outpatient therapy practices in 2020 with some of the biggest industry trends, along with tips and best practices to successfully navigate these changes. Learn about these trends for the new year at Go optima hcs.com slash healthy wealthy 2020
2: yeah so you know really depends on you know how many employees we've got um what type of plan do do we have any employees that are what we would call a key employee and so what i mean by key employee if you have an employee that if they they quit or left and it either cost you a lot of money because they were the customer service side of your business mm-hmm. or they were the office manager. So now you've got to go train and hire someone else and go do their work.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: you can build in a retirement plan um, that that helps keep that employee active and engaged in yours and your business. And that can also be part of that transition that we were just talking about as well. And so, so, so much of it is what is it we're trying to build? If we're looking with a starter business that you were just talking about, if you've got a couple employees, you know, it's looking at something like a simple IRA. That way it's low cost, easy to set up. You can set up matching type of contributions for your employees. Um, you know, you can do like a 3% type match where you can go as low as 1% in the simple. That allows your employees to be able to contribute and you match. Now, if they don't contribute, then you don't have to match. Mm -hmm. right and it's low cost the 401k side of things is more it's it's better for when you have a lot more employees like 20 plus because there's more costs involved and it gets a little bit more intricate that's when you can start to design and really mess with a bunch of different things and because you can mess with a bunch of different things it costs money
0: if you have a couple of employees i like this simple ira a 401k for a larger company how about if it's just you you're a solo practitioner. How yeah. do you set up, what does is, what is your retirement plan look like?
2: Yeah, so you could do a SEP IRA if, if, you're, if it's just you and you don't plan on hiring any employees. Um, you can do the traditional IRA uh, route as well. Um, then there's Roth IRA, so you can still do that, that standard stuff. The, the SEP has, more con- has a higher contribution limit than, say, the and, traditional. And
0: what does SEP mean? What's that now? What does SEP mean? Because we're saying SEP, so for people who aren't familiar with what that is exactly.
2: The Simplified Employment Pension Okay. is what that stands for. So SEP, S-E-P, Simplified Employee Pension. Okay. And the reason they call it that is, is just for yourself, and you're kind of setting yourself up for your own retirement plan, which is why the word pension is in there. It gets a little confusing. It's pension. Most people think of a pension as guarantees. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily guaranteed. It's just setting yourself up with a plan for retirement.
0: So as a solo practitioner, you've got a couple of different options. And again, this is where sort of you're taxed now or taxed then. Is that right? Depending on like a traditional versus a Roth and
2: Correct. So the traditional side is is what they would call qualified money that's tax deferred. You're deferring, paying the taxes this year. You'll pay it when you start to pull the money out. Mm -hmm. The Roth IRA is you're paying the taxes this year on your money. It grows tax deferred and you can pull the money out tax free past age 59 and a half.
0: But with a Roth IRA, if you make a certain amount of money, you can't contribute to it. Is that correct?
2: Um, yes, there are limitations. Uh, mm-hmm. There are what they would call a backdoor Roth IRA option, Yeah. Um, where you can do you can kind of uh, go around that rule. There's a bunch of uh, implications there, depending on from taxation standpoint, but. In general, there are some income limitations to do a direct contribution to a Roth IRA. Yeah, the Roth IRA's uh, contribution is six thousand um, uh, dollars contribution limit below the age of fifty.
0: Okay, awesome. And like I have sort of a mix of all of these things. That I, but I've been, you know, kind of contributing to this for many years. What is your so? Let's say your in your 30s, and you don't have any of this set up yet, are you doomed?
2: Not at all. No. Okay. <laughs> Not at all. I mean, unless, <laughs> unless you're planning on retiring when you're age 31, then maybe you're doomed.
3: Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right.
2: <laughs> no, so much of it is, you know, step one, have a conversation with a professional that understands what, what you're building for. And I know we're talking about retirement plans, but, you know, I'm really of the opinion of, what what do you have set up for yourself prior to a retirement plan? Like if you don't have, say, an emergency fund set up,
3: mm-hmm.
2: start start there. Like you don't have to contribute to a retirement plan. The retirement plan is not the savior for your financial status. <laughs> it really isn't. Like you can have all of your money outside of retirement plan and actually still retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's this like misnomer out there that well, you have to put everything in a retirement plan and you know for retirement only purposes yeah that's a good place to put money but what can happen to a 30-year-old prior to retirement over the next 10 20 30 years a lot a lot right yeah practice growth opportunities buying a house Mm -hmm. selling a house Mm -hmm. a bunch of different things So having your money in what we would call a liquid type of asset, where you can actually get after it without having to pay a bunch of taxes and penalties, Mm -hmm. is something to really consider first prior to a retirement plan.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Because like you said, a lot can happen between your 30s to retirement at 70 or 75. Setting up that emergency fund and looking at your, kind of what we spoke about earlier, looking at your debt ratios and how can you make that work for you and look at what taxes you're paying now and how you're paying them. And then uh, finally then looking at, well, what do I need for retirement? What do I need to do for retirement that makes sense for me right now because I can put money elsewhere. Like you said, maybe it's into real estate, buying a home or something like that. Oh my gosh, there's so much to think about.
2: Yeah. And the, the biggest thing, uh, I've already said this once, I'll say it again. You know, I was talking about taxes, it's also where your money's sitting. Again, don't put all your eggs in one basket. If you have mm-hmm. your money in different style of an account, you know, some in retirement plans, some in just a straight investment, some in real estate, some in savings, mm-hmm. when you have that kind of diversification of where your money's sitting, how much more flexible is your life just from a financial standpoint? Mm
0: hmm. Yeah, I would think much more flexible.
2: A ton more flexible because Mm -hmm. if everything's sitting in your retirement plan and you want to pull some money out to put into the practice, Mm -hmm. that might be the best thing to do, but you're probably going to pay taxes and penalties.
0: Right. Right. So then you're kind of losing money there. Exactly. No, that makes a lot of sense. Lots of sense. This is really good stuff. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. Um, absolutely. Now something that I know you guys do is you look at people's sort of financial well-being, if you will, but you also mm-hmm. look at the person themselves. Yes. Right. And so what are some things that maybe we can look at as ourselves at our business kind of reflect upon for next year? Like what, you know, cause I know that your process is a little bit different. Um, you're, you're really looking at not, like I said, not just the business or the cash flow, but you're looking at the person and their goals and visions and things like that. So how do you? what advice do you have for listeners out there who kind of want to get their financial house in order? But I'm sure there are some things to think about before you even have that discussion.
2: You know, there's maybe two or three things i'll say to you to your question um the first and foremost and this is often not spoke about and this is going to sound probably kind of weird is what is your philosophy with your finances mm. what is your value right so in my family when we look at money right it's it's not about and especially medical practice and naturopaths and physical therapists right like Typically, you're not getting into the industry to make a ton of money, Mm -hmm. although there might be a byproduct. You're getting into it to help a bunch of people. Right. So the value of the money oftentimes when I ask that question is, well, I want to help as many people. Well, to do that, my practice has to be very successful. Like without the cash flow coming into the practice and building that growth in the practice, how are you helping more and more people? Maybe it's a different way, but what is that philosophy with that? because that, that alone will have you direct where your money's going. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then step after you have that kind of philosophy, step two is going to be more around where is it you are currently at? Like how do we, how, like you could do a quick net worth equation, right? Like add up all of your assets, checking accounts, savings accounts, retirement accounts, real estate, add up all your liabilities, student loans, credit cards, mortgages, and then subtract the two numbers. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: That's your net worth as it is today. And if you did exactly what I just said, we actually listed out your assets on one column, listed out your liabilities on the other column. You just got a lot of your balance balance sheet on one page. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: How many
2: people have ever seen that, even though that's a simple activity to do?
0: Yeah, yeah, great.
2: And then you can look at the building next year. Okay, if your plan is to hire another doctor or buy real estate or invest in your the, in, in the practice more, what's your plan? How are you currently sitting and how could you possibly do that? If you don't have liquid cash or liquidity to do that, well, now your first, you know your first step next year
3: mm-hmm. is
2: actually having some money set aside that's liquid or accessible to do that.
0: Yeah, so really, like you said, having your philosophy your values and your goals look at what you have and what you don't have and see if you can help make a a plan for 2020 i think that's great advice
2: yeah it's it's you know money in america is taboo right it's a taboo mm-hmm. topic to talk mm-hmm. about we don't like talking about it right we don't even, you know half the time we don't even talk to our children about it right and it's it's a taboo factor it's a business factor it's all this wrapped in one and for someone to take especially as business owners, you know, we're all, we're, we're wearing what, 30 different hats. Mm (laughs) At (laughs) least One of those hats needs to be CFO. Right. So in your, hopefully we're taking a day out of the business to look at how the business is financially and that, that could be an exercise for that.
0: Yeah. I like that. Taking, taking a, a financial business day. Yeah. And really, love it. I'm going to start doing that. I have to put it into my calendar because you know, if it's not in the calendar, it doesn't get done.
2: Yep. I'm like you. I get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Thank you so much. Is there anything that we kind of didn't touch upon that you're like, Ooh, I really wanted your listeners to get this info.
2: You know, the, the, the biggest piece that I want your listeners to get and really anyone to get is have conversations about money. With mm. someone you know and trust.
0: Yep, it's great like advice. It, it, it
2: really is that simple because it starts there.
0: Yeah, you're right. It does, and and we don't talk about it enough. I know I I probably don't talk about it enough, and need probably need a little more guidance and things like that. So um, I think that's great advice. So have more conversations about money with people you trust is yep. great advice. And now my last question that I always ask everyone: speaking of advice is knowing where you are now in your practice and in in life what advice would you give to yourself right out of college
2: um i think it would have been slow down i was your traditional person that got out of college and said i want to retire early Mm -hmm. and so i hit the ground running and i and i started just grinding away and not that that's a bad thing but you know as i've gotten married and have kids i look back at that time and i'm like you know i could have done a couple different things i just slowed down and it Mm -hmm. wouldn't have affected me in a negative way the way I thought it was. And even if it affected me in a negative way, it might've been worth it.
0: Right. Yeah. A lot of people say that same thing and it's always kind of slow down and, and, you know, enjoy where you are in the moment. And, and you're not alone in that uh, train of thought for sure. Well, Ryan, thanks so much. Where can people find you?
2: Yeah. So if you want to go to quantifiedfinancial.com, Um, and you can find all the information you could possibly want about me, whether you like it or not there.
0: (laughs) Perfect. And of course we'll have a link to, uh, the website at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com under this episode. So one click will take you all to Ryan's info about his company and their philosophy and how they work. And I highly suggest you click on over there. So Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And we did a nice podcast swap, which I always love to do. So thanks so much.
2: Absolutely. I appreciate
1: being on.
0: And everyone, thanks so much for listening. Have a great uh, couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart.
1: Well a huge thanks to Ryan for coming on and sharing all that great information on financial planning especially if you're an entrepreneur or a new business owner and of course thank you to Optima and health Company. Optima Therapy for Outpatient is a software solution enabling therapists and staff to do their job efficiently and accurately. Their software provides anytime anywhere access to documentation even while disconnected and workflows that streamline patient care and save valuable time. You want to check out their new on-demand video to learn What's in Store for Outpatient Therapy Practices in 2020? And you can check that out at gooptimahcs.com slash healthywealthy2020.
0: Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.